Gentlemen, today, this morning, I was watching the last stage of Tirreno Adriatico, which was, of course, an individual time trial. And it got me thinking about there was a new time trial event that was added at the last World Championships in Yorkshire. The team time trial is no longer a trade team time trial. So it's now a country time trial, but it's a team that's split between, I think, is it three women and three men on each team? Possibly. and Some combination yeah. of men and women, yes. And it was unsurprisingly won by the Netherlands. And, uh, you know, time trialing powerhouses that they are. But they have a secret that they use that nobody else uses. Now, we all know that if you're riding in a pace line, you're going to rotate off one way or the other. But their secret, what they've discovered, and it only works for them, is that if they only rotate in a clockwise direction, they actually go faster. And there's a very good scientific reason for this. But it only works for the Netherlands. Do you guys want to know what it is? Uh, the windmill principle. Uh, no. That was a good it guess, is. though. <laughs> it's actually something that was discovered in a middle school in Birmingham, England, in the early 1980s. And it is that you must always pass the duchy from the left-hand side. Oh, God. Oh, God. I actually thought this was something real. <laughs> Well, good evening and welcome to episode 105 of the Yay Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Hey there, Bodie. This is the T-Bone. And this is Sergio. There is no Taco Tom Gibbons joining us tonight. Um, in fact, we actually got a listener email saying that Tom needed to find a nickname and he could no longer just go by regular old Tom. So he's not here. Maybe we should pick a nickname for him. And then when he comes to the show next time, he's, he can't do anything about it. Um, I thought he was the Vander Gibbon. There you go. Maybe that's it. So, Tom. Taco Vander Gibbon. Taco, Taco Vander Gibbon. Yes, I like it. <laughs> I think that's a winner right there, man. That's a mouthful. <laughs> no pun intended. Before we get into the rest of the show, though, I want to. Taco. Um, before we get into the rest of the show, I wanted to make sure that all our amazing listeners, all 105 of you, have gone to the Wide Angle Podium YouTube channel and watched the On Board with Vander Gibbon. Uh, that came out last Monday. I thought it was a pretty good, uh, pretty good little show we did, and I want more folks to see it. So if you're listening to this, uh, this podcast, stop what you're doing. Stop listening, go to YouTube, watch it, and then come back. We'll wait. Yeah, I have to say, I'm obviously biased because I was involved in the project. Um, but if I'm, if I'm looking at it purely objectively, I thought that was a quality 45-minute segment. Not even. It's like 36 minutes. 
quality 36 minute segment. It was so it was so good. I gave it an extra 10. It felt like it was just an extra 10 minutes of it knowledge. It felt 10 minutes longer. You say it felt longer. That's it, it was so good. It felt longer. That it was is, like the Irishman. Yeah, that's, I'm trying to I'm not going to make it. That's what she said. Joke. All right. So, guys, we 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 skipped last week. Um, so there's a ton of tour that had happened. We're not going to recap every stage. But I thought there was some like some good story, some segments we could we could sort of visit. Mostly we could do it around the actual jerseys that are in the mm. tour. Before we get to the jersey, though, or actually the first segment I have is the yellow jersey. And two weeks ago, we made picks when we signed off about who's going to be on the yellow uh, a week ago. But we're just going to say we're going to just you know bring that to to the to the now. This is um, the. Fam- Famous last words segment. Right, exactly. Famous last words. Um, and so Tom's not here. He gets to go first. He picked Ala Philippe in yellow, and that age that didn't last more than a stage. I can't even remember. It's so long ago. <laughs> well, I think it aged better than my pick. Um, Your pick was Thibaut Pino, who never mm. even made it to yellow. Yeah, but but I mean, I, I guess. It was like, it was uh, it was almost so awful that it was great. Like it wasn't even close. Pino <laughs> just exploded so horribly it, it, that you know it, it's not like he's in you know fifth or sixth place and it was just a bad pick. It was just an amazing geezer of a pick. It just couldn't be worse. Well, let's uh, we'll get into more of that because that sort of falls into the the French hopes going down the drain. Um, Matt, you chose Carapaz. Yeah, uh, I did. I thought that and was a good pick. I, he was kind of my secret dark horse to win, and he's... I don't think just he's not... He wasn't ready to go to the tour. <laughs> Might have got blindsided by that pick. Yeah, well, maybe we can discuss that a little bit more later, but yeah, I, I fit, that was my theory. I thought the only reason they're going to bring Carapaz, we knew that Bernal looked sketchy from, uh, from the Dauphiné, and, uh... Yeah, Carapaz, uh, haven't seen a lot of him, to be honest. No, not at all. He's, he's kind of been just not there. Um, and that leads me to, leads us to me, who picked Roselix, and he is in yellow with a 40-second lead. So award me five points. I'm winning the podcast. Yes, you get five points for the obvious the obvious pick what do you mean everybody was talking about how rose looks came in too hot he's looking too strong in the dauphiné he's gonna burn out mm. here we are going into stage 16 tomorrow let's we're, we're transferring right into our next section the yellow jersey rose Lick on top he's got a countryman tade pogachar right on his heels and they both look Really strong. Rozlik has a dominant team. Enios, don't know what they're going on with them. The French hopes were all demolished by Wout Van Aert. I mean, by a Belgian classics man. <laughs> I mean, it's been quite a tour, guys. I would also say I think Pogacar looks the strongest of anybody. He looks stronger than he looks stronger even than Roglic. He's a better finisher than Roglic is, and he's, he's had two stage wins. He, I mean, he unluckily lost some time, and he's just been grabbing a little bit back as he goes. Uh, it's getting tighter and tighter at the top between the two of them. Right. Well, so he he... He, had, he certainly lost 
more time than he is behind right now. Uh, so, but for that unfortunate incident, and it's been so long now, I can't even remember if it was, was a crash or it was a mechanical uh, it was a crash, right? He, I thought he it was a. He didn't I thought lose it was time. Cross, because, I thought it was a crosswind. Uh, oh, did he get caught in the crosswind stage? Yeah. Okay. Well, then that is a legitimate. That is a legitimate. You know, racing loss of time. Then it's not. That's you know. I mean, it's bad luck, but it's a different kind of bad luck than a, a, a flat or a crash. But um, if you look at if you look at them on paper, you know the two teams on paper, UAE. I mean, the. Oh. Aru, Aru even. went some time ago. Yeah. They don't, you know, they don't have anywhere near as strong a team as uh, as Roglic does. No, yeah. absolutely. No, not not. I mean, he's got he's got David Dela Cruz, and 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 that's pretty much his that's his wingman at this point. I mean, uh, Pogacar has been by himself in the final of every mountain stage for sure. Yeah. Uh, whereas Roglic has had uh, two or three teammates with him uh, at all times. Now, I don't know to what extent that that has really mattered. I mean, that Pogacar has not been isolated to the extent that he had to close gaps uh, on his own, really. He's just kind of been riding the riding the, the lotto train uh, right. t- till the end. Um, and, and to your point, Matt, and as you astutely, I think, pointed out, when the rubber has met the road in the in the final of these uh, mountain stages, it's been Pogachar that has looked the stronger of the two between yep. Roglic uh, and, and 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 he. And um, you know, I don't know what would it make a difference if he had more help. I mean, maybe in this last week there are going to be some times where he gets isolated, and and I'm assuming Lotto's going to start uh, uh, or Yumbo's going to start attacking him on on some of these mountain stages and forcing him to cover on his own. And that's probably where some of the weakness of not having the team is going to is going to come to pass. Um, but you know, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, it, it, you know, maybe his maybe his response to that is that he's just going to go on the offensive and 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 attack and and just you know throw you know throw it all throw it all at it yeah i mean he could he could definitely you know maybe on this let's see tomorrow they've got you know cat two they got a big cat one you know maybe roselick goes a little early and and uh waits until Jumbo is fired off, you know, Wout and Martin and Gessink and is just left with Dumoulin and Cuss and tries, tries to make a couple moves. Um, you say you said Roglic, you mean uh, Pogacar? Pogacar, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I don't think – Roglic has not been racing so far, at least in this tour, very aggressively. I mean, he's 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 done what he's needed to do. Um but he has not really gone on the attack. It, no, I don't know, it's going to be interesting, you know. I, I, look, I, I, this is—I guess this this tour looks to unless something kind of major happens. I mean, is this going to come down to the to the final stage um, time trial up the Planche de Belfi, and it's going to be you know whoever whoever's the strongest uh, on that day? I don't know. I mean, I, I think that. I don't think I, I mean I don't know. Is it interesting for it to end in a short time trial? I think we'd like the mountain battle better, and I guess we will get that. Um, let's see, what's stage nineteen? Stage nineteen is a 
flat stage. So you've got stage. So stage 18 is the last climby stage, really. Um, so he's got three. We've got three mountain stages left. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got sort of a classic, classic C stage, kind of lumpy. Um, most nothing too big. And then, yeah, the individual time trial. So which I don't is, know. It's gonna, which is uphill. Yeah. Steep finish. It's going to be, I don't know. This has been a pretty good tour. I think that, um, there's been a lot of stuff going on. So we've got the yellow Jersey. We've got Rojlik looking great, um, with the dominant team. I mean, just like, wow. The way that wow's been around, let's talk about wow for a bit. Cause he, he's part of Rojlik's success. I mean, we saw yesterday, Insane. Uh, <laughs> wow was dropping Bernal and Quintana and Martin. I mean, just, he was out climbing all these GC hopes. Like it's, it's yeah. kind of ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. I mean, this is on has, top of him winning two stages, maybe even a third. Yeah. So, I mean, Hessink led them into the climb, maybe did maybe a hundred meters or something. And then Wout took over for half the climb. He was yeah. on, he was on the front for half the climb and shelling GC hopes left, right, and center, including, of course, Egan Bernal and Nairo Quintana. Uh, Bernal, obviously the big, the, you know, the reigning, the reigning champion. Uh, Wout ejected him and then gave him the, <laughs> and, then him. Sat on, and then sat on his wheel for the rest of the climb. Right. That's, do you, what? I mean, I'm just curious. Was Wout like, let me just, this is a good pace to get back to the finish? <laughs> it's good recovery Or was he pace. just yeah. like straight, like trying to get in Bernal's head? Like, is Wout playing games? Like, is he a little, is he a mental guy like that? No, this I think that was so just nice. a nice, comfortable, steady recovery pace. <laughs> he was like, this is, yeah, this is a group I can get behind. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. The, the group Hecho. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so briefly, Bernal, you know, obviously... You know, you, I kind of felt for the guy uh, watching him get dropped. You know, he's a young guy, won the tour last year. He's, you know, he seems earnest. He seems happy to be there. He, He's happy to talk to the press and the media. You know, he, you know, it's interesting. You, he had that haircut that he did, which was like, maybe that was a bit of sort of like, um, oh God, what's the word? What's the word I'm thinking of? Desperation? Uh, so, yeah, it's sort of, uh, God, not like, like a curse out. or something? No, he's like, he's manif- He's not manifesting. He's, um, whatever is hap- whatever turmoil is going on internally, mm. uh, sort of let itself out physically in this like haircut. It was like almost like a, you can imagine him like in the Royal Tenenbaums, like in that scene where what's his name is, uh, Owen Wilson, Luke Wilson is cutting this hair. Mm. Um, so, you know, he kind of knew that his days were numbered. But, you know, no one knows, but what I hear from the cycling media is that he possibly is overtrained. Yeah, you know, I mean, I look. He he was he was on record as saying um, before the stage where he where he cracked and and lost all that time. And and look, in fairness to him, you know, he was uh, what in going into that stage, he was in third place overall, second place overall. Yeah. 
third, uh, third place overall, right behind behind uh, Pogacar. Uh, but he had was on record as saying that he was putting out some of his best numbers ever, um, but was just not able to to match uh, what Yumbo was was throwing at the peloton. Um, uh, yeah, Yumbo and and Pogacar, I guess, because Pogacar was certainly seemed uh, able to 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 match uh, those numbers. So right. So I mean, well, because Roslick and Pogacar were not at the tour last year. So like the idea that he's facing riders that he hadn't faced yet, although we saw them all race earlier in the season. So we kind of you know, but it's just interesting to think that who did he beat last year? I mean, Thomas. Who was his other big rival? Was it Dumoulin? Thomas was se- Thomas was second. Yeah, and but then, who, yeah, and Dumoulin, right? I can't even remember. So Pino cracked right at the end. That's right, Pino. Pino probably Yates. Yeah, Pino Pino. So yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's like I said. You, uh, Bernal seems like a likable racer. I did feel a little bad for him, but it's it looks like his his tour his GC hopes are over. Yeah. Um, but he'll have plenty more, I'm sure. He's young. That's it. Yeah, he's still super young. So, yeah, I think he's going to be okay. Uh, what's really, what else is interesting? You were talking about, like, so the theory that because he's seeing Pogachar and Roglic and he's not had to race them at the Tour before, let's look at the other people in the top 10 in GC now because we've got, Mick Jagger is up there. We've yeah, got... a, that's, that's my sleeper pick to win this thing. I mean, he could actually win this race. We're talking no. about Iran. He's, you know, a minute 10 down, a minute 14 down. I guess he lost a little bit more time on this last stage. But, yeah, I mean, he's in third place overall. Um, and pretty silently in third place i mean yeah. the guy has like not you have seen very little of him throughout this race i mean he's sort of perennially uh you know eighth wheel in the elite peloton on these on these climbs uh not attacking at all not covering any attacks just basically just hiding hiding I've seen more of Richie Port in this tour than than Rigoberto Oran. I don't but, think that Rigoberto Oran is hiding. I think he's riding at the level like at the at the at the top of his limit and he's just holding on. I, I don't well, I don't I don't think that yeah, he's I'm not missing. I'm not suggesting that he's hiding yeah. on purpose. I'm just saying that he has not been visible. You yeah, know, for one reason or another, either by choice or or by by necessity because he just doesn't he doesn't have it. But, you know, I mean, I think that's the real story of this tour is that, you know, yes, uh, Roselick and, 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 and Pogachar look very strong, but they're not, they're not dominant the way some riders have been dominant in tours uh, of old, you know, opening up these big leads and just, you know, untouchable. Mm-hmm. Um, still close. It's still it's close. Still enough. close, you yep. know? Uh, and and if and if Bardet and Pino and and um, uh, and uh, Martin, yeah, Martin and uh, Quintana and um, Landa you know, hadn't hadn't <laughs> all just sort of had you know real some well Landa's Landa's still in it 
Uh, I'm, I'm saying that if, if Pino he and lost Bardet time too, though, had, didn't he? He he did, but he didn't lose as much time as as Quintana, and I obviously mean, Pino is just he's hours down and all of a sudden now. But I guess what I'm saying is, you know, if those guys hadn't really shit the bed, you'd have you know you'd have ten or twelve guys that were all you know not maybe not within striking distance, but awfully close. I mean, it would the the top the spread over the top ten, um, I think, is still closer than it's been in years, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and then, we'll, sorry. I'm going to say, we'll see tomorrow. I mean, I think that's, I think it might shake things up and the gaps might become bigger. So I thought it was kind of interesting that, you know, basically moments after Richie Port announced that he's not riding, he's not, he's not going to ride GC anymore. He's only going to, in, in big stage races, he's only going to ride in support of others. And then suddenly he's riding GC in this, you know, he's actually in the best form I think we've seen him at, at the, at a, you know, at a grand tour. Is he in the best Ever. form or is he the best luck? Well, that too. Yes. <laughs> He's definitely had his fair share of bad luck, but, um, yeah, yeah, he definitely, he looks, he looks as good as I think I've ever seen him really, you know, in yeah. a, certainly in a three week race. Well, look, he's had some. He's had a little bit of bad luck in this race. I mean, he finished. He finished one of the stages this week on Kenny Ellison's uh, bike, didn't That's he? That's true. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. And uh, and and had to had to claw his way back on to the back of the group uh, after that bike change. Uh, he looked, you know, of the of the non-Slovenian riders uh, yesterday. Uh, he looked the strongest. Yeah, no, he's looking good. I mean, you you after all his string of bad luck and crashes, I mean, it's good to see Port make it to the third week of a Grand Tour. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what he can do. I want to get to the green jersey battle, which mm-hmm. has been pretty interesting. I mean, I, I think it's probably one of the better ones we've seen in a while. I was reminded on one of the podcasts about the uh, the one year that um, Kittle was in the lead, but then got time cut, I believe, in the mountains or got sick, and then so I guess that was Sagan, the year Bling Matthews won. Was the that the year jersey. Bling won it? Okay, so that was so Sagan got rel- uh, DQ'd, kicked out to her, and then Kittle also got sick, and then Bling was able to uh, win it. So, but we've had a pretty good battle. I mean, it's been back and forth. The green jersey has been on Sagan's shoulders. It's been on Bennett's shoulders. Um, the other day, we had Bora absolutely taking it mm-hmm. to Bennett, and the pace was hot. And just trying to drop him um, before you know the intermediate sprints and then trying to drop him the rest of the stage. And they did, actually. At some point, Bennett just gave up and was you know 10 minutes back instantly. Um, so you see, you're seeing this is all sort of this all kind of happened too after Sagan gets relegated for the uh, do you call it a headbutt? What, what do you what do you call what he did to Wout? I mean, he just he really stuck his head into Wout and pushed him aside. More yeah. of a more of a shoulder check, huh? Yeah, I, I think there was a lot of head there. I'm I'm sad that we don't have Tom. Here to kind of talk about that. Um, well, wait now. It, it, it the 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 quintessential the the headbutt by which all headbutts are measured would have to be the Cavendish headbutt from from a number of years back, which was a true headbutt. 
um, you know, a true cocking of the head and mm. smacking the other rider's head with your head. This was this was not that. I, this was, I think this, this was more shoulder. This was saying. more shoulder. I, I, I agree with yep. that. I think I think that's right. I'm pulling up the video right now because I want to see this. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I just I, I'm watching the video and it is you're right. It is it is a real shoulder check. But I mean he he really gets in there and just totally moves wow off is his line. Um but yeah, so anyway, so that sort of like it almost was a bit of a payback where he gets um put to the back of the pack and the next stage he comes out and they they go they go ham and he's trying to do as as much as he can to uh to drop Bennett. So I think that's been pretty exciting to see that and my thought was that I thought we saw Sagan race in a way that I haven't seen him race before, and that is like really aggressively and not in a negative fashion. Sagan sort of has had this style where I mean he 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 was winning a lot, right? Or he was he was getting second. He was always so consistent, but there became a point where he really like you you would see him not attack and not really just kind of sit on and not pull through because he was like everybody's just gonna chase me down, and so he. He didn't become, to me, a very exciting rider in his style of riding change. But in this tour, because he's kind of on the back foot, I feel like we've seen a different uh, or a remer- maybe a reemergence of a, of a more aggressive style. And I thought that's been kind of cool. Well, I think he's he's having to rely much more on his team in this, like like the other day. His team are the ones that are getting him the green jersey because he his sprint is just not quite there, right? He's not... He's even the intermediate sprints. He's still getting, he's still losing points to Bennett. If Bennett's yeah. there for it, then he's you know Bennett's getting the points. So it's close, and it, this could go all the way. It could even go all the way to the Champs Elysees, couldn't it? You know, it's uh, kind of kind of exciting in that sense. Yeah, I mean, I think that Bennett has a Bennett has a forty-five point lead right now. I mean, I guess it really depends on if Bennett can make it. First of all, to Paris. Um, right. Are there any green jersey points in the time trial? No. <laughs> There's no intermediate sprint. <laughs> no, I, don't I mean, think look, so. Sagan could probably beat Bennett in the time trial. Uh, we, we know he can do pretty well in those. Um, I don't know. I guess I just thought that was interesting to see that develop. Um, but like <laughs> the other thing that I thought of was because after he got relegated he came out the next day with a face mask that had i guess the point total he would have had for getting third on that stage or whatever um i just thought you know what sagan is the most annoying rider in the peloton like he there was a time when i guess like his antics were kind of funny but it's like he's still kind of acting like a kid you know and like he's you know he's not a kid i I just why you so serious, Bodie? Why so serious? Right. His why so serious masks that he put out during the pandemic. Right. That's just it's childish behavior. I don't know. And then today he released commemorative coins. Did you guys see this? No. No. Wait, really? <laughs> what? Oh my god, I had to find What is the, what does the coin commemorate? <laughs> His three world championships, he said. His three Masters wins. Um, all right, let me find, let me pull this up. I got I got to drop this in the chat. 
golden medals. 100 pieces created to celebrate my three master titles. He's a master's racer? I guess so, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, and also look at, at someone pointed this out to me. Look at the coin. Like, look at the, like, look at the coin. Look at his face. Like, does he look stoned? It's like his hair is all long, so it's from during that era. I don't know. It's just <laughs> awesome. I mean, Slow Ride Podcast made was had a running joke about the Sagan coin, <laughs> and they literally manifested it into happening. <laughs> so. He well, looks so, like Jeff. He looks like Jeff Spicoli on that uh, on that know, coin, right? Uh, he yeah. loves California. Total Spicoli coin. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I just Sagan is my my vote for once again. This is a slow ride bit. The most annoying cyclist in the peloton. Well, you um, you you poo pooed my my take about the green jersey, uh, which was. And I still stand by this. Oh, I yeah. Bling would have won the green jersey this year, hands down. No way. Easily. No way. Easily. Okay, so, for, okay, and I discussed this on Twitter with someone. I think that he, he wouldn't be winning sprints, right? Like, Bennett would still be winning the this regular sprints. Wout would be winning. He's not going to beat Wout. I mean, so maybe he's in the intermediate uh-huh. that, sprints. That, that, that's, that's a hot take. What? Really? I, I, I mean, I, I would I would think that that would be a battle royale. In fact, between Bling Matthews and and Wout. I mean, I agree. Yes, I, I think Wout's capable of beating him, but I think I think Bling Matthews is certainly capable of beating Wout. I think Bling Matthews is capable of capable of beating Peter Sagan in a sprint. And in fact, on the right no, day and the right Bennett? the right kind of finish, I think he's capable of beating Sam Bennett in a sprint as well. Mm. I, I'd have to go back and look at some of the sprint <laughs> profiles in this race, but but certainly on a long, draggy kind of uphill sprint, uh, you know. Sure, you could you could see uh, Michael Matthews getting in the situation on stage two with Philippe and Hershey, um, right? So I think that I do agree that he would be a factor, but I, I don't think the battle would be between him and Bennett or him and Sagan. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe you guys well, are right, but... We, we've seen how, uh, what, what opportunist Sunweb have been in this... Well, yeah, right. let's see. In let's, this let's, segue, let's segue to that for a minute. And, and let me pose the question before we leave Michael Matthews and ask... Well, no, this is part of it. This is all connected. No, no, no. But, but before we leave him specifically, why isn't he on the tour squad according to Sunweb what what is their stated reason was it because they wanted to send him to um did he go did he race Torino Adriatica mm-hmm. yep he did yeah. okay and and did he did he win sprints and 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 provide lots of exposure for his <laughs> sponsors in that race he was getting in the break that's for sure he was in the break uh and they're doing very well in the breakaway the other day. He's it, he can he can climb pretty damn well. And then and then conversely, is there someone on the tour squad for Sunweb that they just couldn't live without? That they needed to cut Matthews to make room for? I mean, there's no. They have no GC rider. Their their plan seems to be stage hunting and they're they're certainly doing it well right uh 
and I'd have to imagine that that Matthews could have helped out with that uh, immensely. And how awesome would it have been if Sunweb had had been able to do everything that they've done with with Hershey and Soren Craig Anderson um, winning stages and have Matthews competing for the green jersey? I, I, I have to think that they might be kicking themselves for not bringing Matthews to this tour because I think they could. They're already, um, you know, one of the big stories of the tour. I think they could be the big story of the tour, could have been the big story of the tour uh, with Matthews uh, competing for that green jersey on the heels of what I think we're going to segue into, which is talking about um, the, the performances of the rest of the team on, on, on some of these uh, uh, individual stages. Mm-hmm. But – but that's the thing. Like, do you think it would have played out the same way if Matthews was there? Because if Matthews is there, then it changes their focus, right? He's the team leader, I guess. And is Hershey the one who goes in those moves, or is Hershey working for Matthews, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Who, you know, they maybe could have submitted a bunch of hitters and been opportunists and taking advantage when they can. But I think, I think what I don't know what some web why Matthews was on the team, but you did see that they seemed to want to have a sprint train around C's bowl who really, I mean, you like has not, (laughs) has not delivered at all. I mean, they've had some, they've had like the the only sprint train there and he's not even come close to a podium. I don't think. Did they get second? I thought he got second in one of the sprints. Yeah. He's been, he's been, he's been top five a couple times in the, in the sprints, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, hang on. So he he you think he got second? Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, do you think that a top five is worth making a whole sprint train and not bringing Matthews? I mean, I think that no. they're happier. I think they've right. they've they've benefited and they've like kind of maybe had a happy accident, but they've had some amazing success with Hershey and Sora yeah. Craig Anderson and, and just their attacking style. So all right, so Seasbowl finished third on stage one. Right. Um, obviously, Hershey finished second in, in stage two. He got second on stage five. So, all right, so third and second, I undersold him a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think that, but I don't think that he, I don't know. I mean, I guess. But that's the thing, isn't it? Third and second, if you're Peter Sagan, they're all points towards the green jersey. Third and second, if you're a pure sprinter, absolutely meaningless. Right. Yeah. It's a good point. I mean, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think I think we can't. You know, it's speculation is fun. Um, but I think I think Sunweb has given us a lot of excitement at the tour. Uh, seeing Hershey be up there so close and the third time coming through, and then um, with the other day with just the one, two, three um, from Sunweb was just beautiful smart racing that you love to see like that finish of that stage was awesome that was yep. it was like a it was so cool yep. that was that i think that was my favorite stage uh, of the tour so far and it was one of those it was just a it was it was kind of a creeper stage it was it was on paper it was a flat quote flat stage um you know as the as the tour classifies it uh, actually, on some on some classifications, it was flat. On some, it was hilly. Um, it was definitely hilly. I think it had a, a, a cat, cat two. two climb in there. Mm. 
And then those two little punchy cat four climbs at the end, I was, yeah. I was uh, messaging with you guys saying that there was a, it, it was a, it had a very Milan San Remo feel to it. Um, and then I went back and read, uh, read the, the Peloton magazine preview of that stage. And they actually made the same reference um, that I had uh, sort of calling it a, it was a very Chipressa Poggio sort of one, two. And uh, man, the way Sunweb raced it was just really, really exciting. I mean, I, that, that, to, to, I, I, I just, I found that to be the most enjoyable uh, racing to watch so far in this, in this tour. So much happening in those, in those last uh, 10 K. Yeah. Um, and the road, and- the road into Leon was super tech, so much street furniture, a lot of turns, a lot of very tight sections. And then that real punchy finish, you know, the punchy climb up to the, up to the finish straight. Um, but they, at one point they were firing so many guys off the front. They were actually like, they had two guys off the front at the same time. It was like, why are you chasing your own guy down? It, it looked, it looked kind of crazy, but it, it all played out in the end, didn't it? With, I mean, and that searing attack from Soren Craig Anderson at the end, he ended up with like 15 seconds on the bunch. It was amazing. Yeah, well, it was it was sort of a textbook move, right? Like there was at that point, Sagan was the one who had to chase things down. He chased a couple attacks down, and then at that point, there was like they had he caught something, and boom, Soren Craig went, and and like there was no one left, there, and like that was it, right? That's how you do it. Yeah. Um, and, well, right, yeah. because Alaphilippe had already gone. He he launched a huge attack up the up the last climb. Thomas DeHent went after him that was when i thought i thought oh man alaphilippe looked like he had just had legs for days and then thomas DeHent, who had been invisible all day long um looked like he'd saved every match in his matchbook for that for that final climb and i thought that was going to be you talk about a powerful looking selection right toward the end of a race Alaphilippe and then Thomas DeHent getting on his wheel. I mean, it just felt like those two mm-hmm. could have just ridden away. And then no way, man. It was like, you know, her, that was when Hershey covered and sort of countered and set Soren Craig Anderson up for his ultimate, you know, his ultimate attack at the end. You wonder how much of that they actually could have planned. You know, I mean, how could you, how could you have planned that? Yes, Sunweb played it really well. And when you look at it and talk about it and think about it on paper, it sounds like they played it perfectly that it, it, is, is it possible that that could have been their plan? I mean, it just seems like there's no way that just seemed like it, it was an, an improv uh, and, and, but an improv based on, on, you know, solid racing instincts and three right. guys who are yeah. really, really, really good bike racers. Well, I said it's textbook and you know what you're doing. So when that situation unfolds in front of you, you know what to do. I mean, I right. think, and it's timing, isn't it? I mean, it's like you yeah. can have it all written down in a book about what you're going to do, but it doesn't play out like that on the day. You've got to instinctively feel the moment, like this is it. This is the moment to go. You know, so. And you know, I don't, I don't know um, how much this matters, but you know, Soren Craig Anderson crosses the line. He's got 15 seconds on a very small group behind. I mean, a small bunch, that bunch had been whittled way down. It wasn't like a hundred riders all coming across the line, 15 seconds behind him. It was, you know, two dozen at most, but within, within a minute of Soren Craig Anderson 
crossing the line and celebrating with Hershey and Benute, who had been the two main guys who helped set him up. He's got two other teammates that were right there. So Sunweb had five guys mm -hmm. within a minute of, uh, of the, of the lead. And, um, I, I don't know who the other two were, but you know, basically they're almost all of their team was around, uh, celebrating, uh, with, with Craig Anderson as he crossed the line. So, I mean, they, they had, definitely put a lot of guys up at the sharp end of that race that day. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So let's, you know, we're going to wrap up the tour here um, with a little bit of, I guess we'll do a little ranking. I don't, I don't know. I, I just wanted to talk about my hair suit heroes. Well, and, wait, you, uh, you've got great moments on here, Bodie, before we do that. I mean, that that's going to be my great moment. Um, yeah. Well, I think we, I think we, uh, Oh, we've, we've, we finished that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got we talked about Wout. We got Hershey Bar. We got uh we got Soren Craig Anderson. I think. Uh, well, what's your favorite moment so far, guys? If I might be so bold as to as to ask, if you can, uh, if if that's mine, what's your what's your favorite moment of the of the of the tour so far? Or am I Go putting ahead. you on the spot by Go asking ahead, you? Go ahead, Matt. That? Uh, I think that was really good. I think um, I really enjoyed the stage um, in the. Uh, the windy stage in the Ardèche where Bora just from the gun absolutely smashed it. I thought that was an amazing first hour of racing. And the fact that, you know, now that you can actually see an entire stage, um, usually that first hour is not that interesting, but this was a, a, just an incredible bit of teamwork where they just basically smashed all the sprinters on that. The, they basically came out of town you know, the flag drops and they go straight into this, what seemed like a fairly innocuous climb, and they just absolutely smashed everybody. Nobody was ready for it. And then the crosswinds came later on and they, they were smashing everybody again. You know, I think it's kind of telling that Sagan still couldn't win the stage at that point. But he'd been doing a lot of work himself. I mean, he was basically, it was at a whole team effort to get the green jersey back on that stage. So I thought that was a really cool, I thought that was an amazing stage to watch. Something that th we always know, we know now that that part of France, there's, that it's supposed to be an easy flat stage for the sprinters and it often turns out it isn't. And it's, you know, a few years ago we had Sagan and Chris Froome uh, racing for the, for the sprint, <laughs> you know. So we know how bizarre that can end up. Um, I thought that was a really cool stage. So, so you're, you're tying that into the green Jersey. Um, and I think my favorite moments, it has to be, you know, the guy that's behind me is just, it's just the, the dominance of Wout Van Aert, Wout Van Aert, Wout of art, mm. Wout of art folks. Yeah. The um, art really of Wout. Of art. The art of Wout is what I <laughs> tweeted. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that he's won two stages, he has been an incredible domestique. And he's really just kind of, you know, he flipped off Sagan. I mean, I don't, it just like, I'm just liking what he's doing. I'm liking the panache he's bringing. And I know that I just, what is Vanderpool thinking right now? Is <laughs> Vanderpool just being like, you know, well, well, let's get to the classic. Let's get to Roubaix. Let's get to Flanders. Or is he saying like, let's get to cyclocross season because I'm ready to dominate. But yeah, so Wout has been my favorite moment. Um, yeah, 
I would have oh. to imagine to answer your question that Matthew Vanderpoel might be thinking to himself, man, I'd like to go race the Tour de France. Well, I think he will next year. Yeah. Uh, I would be, I would not be surprised if Alperson Phoenix pick up CCC's world tour license for next year. <laughs> right. I hope I they mean, do. There's, there's absolutely zero reason why Vanderpoel next year is not on a world tour team. Every race promoter wants to have him. I mean, he's got that. He's with Canyon. Look at his team, his team. Merlier wins a stage of Tirreno Adriatico. Uh, and then Vermeersch wins a Belgian race. And then Vanderpool wins another stage mm-hmm. of Tirreno. So the team is, is, is riding really strong. So yeah, it, they, they, they have to be world tour next year. Yeah. But then I would, the, the only thing is for next year, Van, is Vanderpool still going to want to do the mountain bike in the Olympics? Which is, of course, now postponed. Uh, yeah, I think he wants to. Yeah, for sure. I think he'll. I mean, I, I think Vanderpool is, is is an athlete that, as a team or as a sponsor, you just you take him and he gets to do whatever he wants. Right. So he would probably uh, choose to do that over going to the tour. Got. Oh, gotcha. Because you're saying at the same time it's going to be right. Gotcha. All right. Well, so maybe we won't see him tour next year. Yeah. All right. Good point. Um, so let's get on to one last little tour bit. Um, I I guess this maybe was my favorite moment. It is one of my favorite moments. Is the the emergence of the hair? I feel like the hair is making a comeback in in the, in the professional peloton. Uh, Jerome Cousin, obviously, with the flowing locks, uh, the full chest of hair, out in breakaways, also holding down Lantern Rouge. We had Simon Geska. Uh, lovely red beard getting longer as the tour goes on also in breakaways you know just just trying to trying to get a new team for next year putting himself out there we haven't seen much of jeffrey soup but if you guys had to rank the beards of the tour where where are you guys ranking well if i might might ask uh, my question would be, are we ranking based on beards or are we ranking based on the performance of the gentleman <laughs> with the beards? Perform- I mean, I think it's kind of a combination. It's like really good beard and good performance. Like you want to get a best of both, right? So, okay. Well, so, so I'm going to give you uh, has a little bit of mustache. He has a goatee, right? But like, that's not, it's like, eh, it's kind of weak, but his performance has been pretty good. So, I mean, like he uh, wouldn't I, score I, as high. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. Is Alaphilippe in this conversation? I. I. I, I think he's. I think. I think a mustache doesn't put you in this conversation, unless it's like a seriously, you know, unless it's like a Mitch Docker like oh. lamb chop kind of mustache. Well, let's add Dylan Van Barl because he's got quite the mustache, um, and he's 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 been showing himself a lot at the front. So whatever whatever bagote and beard you want to you know add into your ranking system who's your number one performer all right well i'm going to give it to you this way i'm going to give you a quick three answers to this (laughs) if it's if it's a combo where i'm ranking you know performance and just panache her suit panache uh my uh i will go uh kuzan first geshka second jeffrey soup third 
Um, if I'm just ranking it based on performance, I'm giving it Geshka Kuzan soup. If I'm ranking it based just on panache, soup is on top all day long, no doubt. Couldn't be a bet. Couldn't be another answer to that question. Yeah. If any of you guys disagree with that, I'm quitting this podcast. I was about to say the exact same order, all three yeah. ways. Uh, yeah. So it would be soup, kuzan, mm. geshka would be on the on the bottom if it's if it's if it's you know just beards. So that's, those are my that's my thought. He, he and I and I like this Bodie. I like I like this uh, I like this quiz. He can't eat soup without it getting his beard soaking wet. I mean that is that is <laughs> yeah. a full luxuriant uh beard that the man has yeah matt do you have a ranking or you, no mine you mine is exactly you, the same as townsend's okay. yeah well I'm, I'm just gonna just simplify it and i just i'm gonna i'm gonna, it's gonna go kuzan geshka and then soup it's a combo it's like the combination jersey of panache and uh performance and i just i love the the style of jerome going in the breaks all day long, just going in the moves, just trying to be there, be active, put his team out there, you know. He's got the look he's got the luxurious hair. He's he's got his jersey unzipped, full chest of, uh, of hair. You know, his shorts aren't super long, you know, he's a little bit retro style, so I, it's got a good thing going on. So I think it, I don't and you know, it's got to be hard to be in last place and but also be at the front of the race 70% of the time. All right, guys. Well, we are getting close to an hour. Mm. Um, we did have some other racing going on. In fact, there was so much racing going on Sunday that I had three screens going on. Um, we had Terreno, which we briefly talked about, which just wrapped up. And one of the Yates brothers won. Yes. Simon. Simon. Simon Yates. Simon won. Garrett Thomas second. Which would, which would be the only Yates that could win since Adam Yates is racing the Tour de France. Yes. There's rumors that, uh, you know, we don't, we're not confirmed on who's actually is in which race. Um, yeah, Thomas in second. Yeah. Michael Woods held the, held the jersey for a while. Um, unfortunately, was not able to hang at the front of the race uh, during the climbs. We saw Vanderpool. Unfortunately, was, was not able to hold the trident at the end of the race. Best trophy? Probably. Possibly clearly. the best trophy. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody loves the pig um, at that French gravel race. Yeah, There's, but you have you know, to be Breton to get the pig. You can't. It's only for right. a local rider. I mean, I think getting like your weight in beer or cheese is pretty cool. But yeah, I, I guess the Trident is probably probably number one. Yeah, um, it's kind of it's kind of gaudy, actually, when you really think about it. <laughs> but right? in I mean, a totally awesome like, way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like you should flip it around and like air guitar on the thing or something if you if you win it. But you can imagine like that people would... come round your house and it's just and it's just sitting there on the mantelpiece and they go, like, "Is that is... what is that? Oh, that's a six foot trident <laughs> that I won in a bicycle race. It's <laughs> a little race in Italy. Oh, it's just a, no big deal. Just a gold trident, you know." Do you remember when the, when the world hadn't completely fallen apart uh, back in 2020 at the beginning of the end times? Yeah. Hey, that was in a bike race. Well, the way things are going. Turned into a zombie killer. Exactly. The way things are going, that trident could come in handy. <laughs> um, so I, I wrote down in the agenda, and I don't know how to work it in, but but what we saw yesterday from uh, Vanderpool was a bit of a Amstel light. 
as opposed to the Amstel Gold uh, <laughs> of uh, of yesteryear. Yeah, you know, there's Amstel Gold and then there's Amstel Light. I don't know. I've never seen Amstel Gold the beer in the states. I've seen Amstel Light. Mm. Um, Ni- yeah, so I don't, I, neither particularly. Memorable. So you're saying this was like like his Amstel performance of 2019, just with fewer calories. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't as dramatic. He was in the break, and he wasn't from, you know, behind the break. But he was in the break, and that guy attacked uh, the, the the whatever child that um, Bora has in that race. Uh, I forgot that guy's name. Um, very small guy, mm-hmm. but, you know. Uh, he, and, you know, Vanderpool dragged him back <laughs> and then dropped him and then won. So, you know, it's the white shorts, right, Matt? Definitely the white shorts. He always wins in white. <laughs> Uh, he's uh, get yeah. I'm not I'm not crazy about the white shorts with the with that kit, but uh, I think with question if he would have won the Euros, mm. would he still have white shorts or does Euros you got to be white jersey? Doesn't matter what your shorts are. I think you can do whatever you want with your bibs, can't you? Yeah, but okay. yeah, I think. Uh, although having said that, you know, uh, I do want to say big shout out to Luis Leon Sanchez for doing it. Astana finally got a national kit right. They actually put black bibs on him, white jersey, and the red and yellow stripe uh, flag. Looks good. So, panache there. Speaking of white bibs, um, Cosnefroy, the leader of the KOM jersey, who got it, like, first couple stages, still has it. Mm. Um, He's been rocking the white polka dot shorts. He's gone full Pierre Roland, hasn't he? He has, speaking of Pierre Roland, kind of a little bit of a resurgence. Uh, I well, mean, I mean, he he com- he lit it up on that on the on the first climb of uh, of the stage. I mean, he ended up he ended up, you know, sort of coming in a few minutes late. I mean, he 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 was he was not he didn't factor in the in the final of the no, race. No, but he. I feel like I haven't seen him in a he, while. Like yeah. I feel like he. Went to EF and then he like crashed and and he like kind of disappeared. I, I feel like he even I guess maybe the cycling podcast was talking about him feeling better and and just more energized and, and I don't know. I thought it kind of what's played out on on the race. What seems he on now? B and B, B and B Vital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What so. it was awarded with the most combative uh, right. racer of the day, which was well deserved. Yeah. But yeah, it's impossible to it's impossible to say uh, King of the Mountains polka dot kit uh, and not and not think of Pierre Roland, which I suppose is uh, you know would, would, is a nice way to to be remembered. Um, at, at, so uh, where were we going with that? Oh yeah, uh, Cosnefoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't have the pink. Uh, excuse me, he doesn't have the polka dot bicycle. No, so, but but maybe if he wins, it maybe if he has it going into Paris, he'll he'll polka dot the uh, the bicycle out. Probably. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's gonna hold on to that. I don't one. think so either. Um, but I'm actually curious, and he's I got a pretty stout lead right now. No, but he's there's got some a two two point lead on Pog. Yeah, yeah. Pog's gonna take Is that it. it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, I mean, he's got a three point lead over Rojlik, and a five point lead over. My favorite rider, Nons Peters. Um, so yeah, 
I think it's going to change maybe tomorrow. Um, well, guys, we are just as bad as the rest of the cycling media because we have the last item on our agenda is the Giro Rosa, and we are not going to give it any coverage, just like the race itself. Well, maybe we can cover it next time. Yeah, maybe next week. Um, but, I mean, it is happening. It, it's on it is, Flow Bikes. Yeah. It's not live. You, two, we're two stages in now? No, we're... Four stages. Yeah. Four stages. Okay. So it's not live, but you do get an hour, I guess they call it highlights, but it's really like... End of the stage. The last... Yeah, the last... I mean, and it, when I watched it, um, the first one was a time, team time trial. I didn't watch that. The second stage was the Strada Bianchi stage, and that was pretty good to watch, um, but you did see... Anamique do an Anamique and just kind of destroy the Peloton mm. on some gravelly roads where she kind of fell off her bike and then had a really tough time getting back on. And another fan kind of like got in the way trying to help out, but just really wasn't helping. And you're just like, don't like, just stay away. I don't Yeah. Does it I feel like does it feel like that happens more with women bike racers? I mean, I, I, I just like people feel the need to get out and like sort of, you I know, think help it them out with all of them. I just I think maybe because there's less. I don't know. It's just we've seen it. These two incidents in the Strada Bianca women's race and, and just yeah. the scrap. It's just but it really shows you that just the cyclocross skill of learning how to remount your bike is so valuable because because Anamique has to walk up the hill for a while and then she like gets on and then she can't clip in and then she's like in the wrong gear and you're just like oh it's like kind of hard to watch but everybody even if you don't race cyclocross just learn how to do a proper cx mount and uh you'll be you'll be you know 10 seconds ahead of everybody else yeah she was um quite vocal after the stage um that she thought that that should not be in a stage race that that, that climb right. that, i think there's been a lot of kind of shambolic stuff with stages being shortened at the last minute routes changed right. starts being later all this kind of stuff um so, and then today they had the longest stage ever that was actually longer than apparently what is supposed to be in the rule book for women's so it just kind of seems all over the place a bit yeah like and and sort they're supposed to if it's a world tour race they're supposed to have live tv and it wasn't live right yeah well look you know still always credit to Giro rosa for being you know pretty much you know the closest thing to a women's grand i mean it is it is the the epitome of women's grand tour uh racing it's what 10 stages still this year yeah. Um, the longest, the longest stage race of, of any women's race. And, and they, they have been doing it consistently for a while now. And, and in spite of, you know, lots of talk from the ASO and, and, uh, you know, big plans coming soon for women's tour de France, it's the Giro Rosa that's really been doing, you know, what women have been asking for in the, in, in these, uh, you know, longer tours. So, yeah. I'm just looking at the results here, and so stage four was today. Lizzie Banks won from a breakaway, from a, I guess a pretty long breakaway, but Anamique already has almost two minutes on uh, second place, which is uh, Katarina Neodoma, so yeah. I don't know. Uh, and Mariana Voss won a stage. 
I feel like she did. She won a lot of stages last year in this race. Four. So she won last year. Um, yeah. So if you can, it's on Flow Bikes. Watch it. I need to catch up. Yeah, that was a good yesterday. That was a good uphill finish, um, which also had been shortened from what it was supposed to be. So it sounds like this year's race is trending toward a, a repeat of last year's, which is Marianne Voss, you know, wins some stages and Annemiek Van Vluten wins the wins the race by multiple minutes. Most likely. Yeah. She, she won she won going away last year, right? I mean it wasn't right. even, yeah, wasn't even close. Did. Yeah. Before we leave Italy All right, guys. Uh, and everything, um I wanna leave this in people's minds is why seeing how good Thomas has been this last week. Why didn't they take him to the tour? That's my question. We just yeah. Oh, you're talking. You're not talking about Thomas Gibbons. <laughs> yeah. Also, that. Why didn't they take Thomas Gibbons to the tour? But we'll get Thomas to I answer that next to. week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Just just putting that out there for people. Think about why didn't Ineos take him? It's a good question. Well, I mean, I, I, he's gonna probably hope that he wins the Giro as a big F you to sky or any of us are leaving him um, out of the tour team. Yeah. But shit. I mean, he might be glad he's not there the way things have gone for any of us at the, at the tour. Yeah. <laughs> Quite yeah. the implosion. Um, anyway. All right. Well, Townsend. All right. Well, this, uh, this is a T bone. I am going to sign off saying I'm going all in, uh, on the T-Bone Pojicar this week to win the Tour de France. Woo! All right. Well, I don't know who that is, but I'm going all in on Pogacar. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. What did I did I did I bastardize it? I, I was throwing T-Bone at the front. <laughs> T-Bone Pogacar. Uh yeah. That's that's also my pick for the win. But I guess if I have to do I have to choose somebody else? I mean, no, yeah. no, I'm just, I was just doing it. This is, this isn't pick time. I'm just didn't have anything no, else to sign off is. with. Ooh, all right, then I'm going to go. This is, this is a cheerio and I'm going to go one further than you. I'm going to go Pogacar wins and Iran is second and Richie Port is third. Wow. Wow. That's like a, sort of a youngster and a couple old guys <laughs> propping him up steamer. there. Huh? Curious, curious as to how you think, uh, Rogelich, uh, He's gonna, that that's Charles. what's going to happen. He's going to fall. He's going he's gonna to crash. Uh, yeah. Crash. Rogelik crashes. Yep. Okay. Oh, man. Well, this is the Bodie Bodie, and I'm thinking that Primoz Rogelik <laughs> is going to win the 2020 Pandemic Era Tour. Uh, Sam Bennett is going to win the green jersey. Pogachar in the King of the Mountains. All right. Any questions, comments, or concerns? Get it. Send us an email, yayouride at gmail.com, and uh, have a good night.
Don't go too far out on a limb with those picks, buddy. 